0: Welcome back. We're in Genesis 24 6. Let's go. Genesis 24 6. We're talking about uh, getting a bride for Isaac, who of course is the son of Abraham. But Abraham said to him, Beware that you, you do not take my son back there, the Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your descendants I give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. All right. So verse 6, it said, But Abraham said to him, This is Abraham talking to the servant. Remember, this is a picture of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So this is a picture kind of right here of God the Father and the Holy Spirit. He says, Beware that you do not take my son back there. So he's saying, "Don't take my son out of the land instead, bring a bride, go find a bride and bring it bring the bride back right So God the Father sent the Holy Spirit into the world to draw people near to him towards him, and so he's sending out this servant to go and draw a particular person, the bride, to be. This lady to be with Jesus, to be with Isaac. And it's a picture of the Holy Spirit going out amongst us, encouraging us, leading us, etc., so that we would then choose to willingly become part of the bride of Christ, right? Who is the bride of Christ? That is all believers from Pentecost through the rapture, which hasn't happened yet. That's the bride of Christ. So the bride of Christ is essentially still being built. It's all these people who are knit together. Just like if you look at your body, your thumb's different than your pinky. It's different than your big toe. It's different than your elbow. Each is a little bit different, has a different function. It doesn't make one better than another. They just all function together. And so we are the bride of Christ. And so this is that example. So he's going out saying, go and find a bride, bring back. And and the Holy Spirit's going out on the earth right now, still as we speak, uh, leading people, encouraging people, etc., and we the people the representative bride here or bride-to-be get to choose to accept or to reject that so and he's saying you know the isaac is going to remain in this land he's not going to go out that's because the holy spirit's going out jesus came to the earth but jesus isn't going around right now remember when jesus died he said i'm uh i must go that he may come right they have different roles does that mean the holy spirit's more important than jesus or jesus is more important than the holy spirit no they have different roles husband wife is one more important than the other no they simply have different roles verse 7 the lord god of heaven who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family and who spoke to me and swore to me saying to your descendants i give this land right god had promised abraham that this land was for his descendants he stayed in the land but he doesn't want to find a bride for his son from this land because the land is uh, he wants his son to remain there but remember, the land is full of people who are making horrible, ungodly decisions. Those are the Canaanites. The land of Canaan, good, the promised land. The people of Canaan, presently at that time, bad. Right, making bad decisions. Says, does that mean they cannot come to know God? No, absolutely not. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. That whoever, whoever, whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That opportunity to come to Christ is available to all. Always has been. Always will be. It's not too late until someone takes their last breath. If they chose Jesus before their last breath, they'll wake up in heaven. If they didn't choose Jesus as their Lord and Savior before they took their last breath, then they will not have eternal life, but in fact, eternal eternal death and eternal condemnation. Then he says, he will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife for my son from there. Verse 8, and if the woman is not willing to follow you, right? Here's that willingness. Here's that Uh, free will for her to choose to believe the servant and to willingly go back to marry Isaac. And we, a person, uh, we a person that's bad English, I understand, but you individually, your friend individually, your neighbor individually, your mother, your father, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, whomever, your children, they must choose of their own free will, willingly to follow Jesus. Jesus will not force himself upon anyone. The Holy Spirit will not force himself upon anyone. Jesus died on the cross with his arms spread wide, representative of saying, all are welcome. All can be my children. I love you all, but you must accept that I am your Lord and Savior, that I created you, that I love you, and I have better things for you than what you're saying on this earth. But what you do on this earth will matter because it matters to other people. God knows your heart. He knows whether you've accepted him. You're saved by your faith, not by your deeds. But he will use your deeds after you have placed your faith in him. He will use those deeds to draw other people towards him through your deeds and through your word. And then it says, if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Remember the oath that they took? And the servant took that oath and the the servant is not released from this oath until Abraham Releases him from that oath, and he can be released if he tries here to find someone who is willing to come with him, and it doesn't work out, he will be released from that oath. It says, "Then only do not take my son back there." Nine. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Remember, we talked about this yesterday, which is the placing under the thigh. Another word for that is loin. This can be interpreted thigh, buttocks, or you know, man's uh, mm-hmm, part. Um, So it's not one that he's going to take lightly or forget, right? Uh, I'm so glad that we shake hands and sign contracts in our society instead of doing this. Uh, So, um, you know, very glad that I'm uh, not having to do this type of oath. But it is what it is back then. Verse 10, Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. Why did he go there? Well, he went there because obviously... It appears that Abraham had gotten word that his family, at one point in time, maybe still at this point point in time, turns out to be yes at this point in time, but he was going on hunch or evidence, etc., believing that he had family, his uh, relatives were there in Nahor. That's why he sent him to Nahor. And he took ten camels. So he didn't go alone, he didn't walk, took these camels. That's going to be important in a little bit as we study. Verse 11, And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time. The time when women go out to draw water, very customary in this age. One of the roles of women was to go and draw draw water from the well. The um, you know this is uh, I lost my train of thought. Give me one second. And he made his camels kneel down outside of the city by the well of water. Now you're going to notice in a minute that he's going to meet this woman at the well of water. A lot of cool things and important things happened around wells of water in the Bible. So you can go through the Bible and see different examples of that, but it was kind of a place where uh, people would sometimes hang out, but certainly where many important biblical events took place. Uh, Jesus had an encounter with a a woman at the well. You'll see uh, many different cool biblical examples there. And, you know, you might see this of someone saying, hey, I'm going to go to the bar to pick up a a woman, or I'm going to go to church to find a woman, or something like that, right? Right. And so this is a place where he knew that women would be. And so he has going there to wait and try to find a woman. And verse 12, he says, Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Wow, this is full. So it says, O Lord God of my master Abraham. So he is praying. This servant is praying to God. So not only did Abraham have his faith in God, but it's apparent here that the servant also had faith in God. Maybe he learned from watching Abraham and came to know God through watching his actions over time, through hearing about God from Abraham. But you know, there's a decent chance, maybe a strong chance, that this person came to faith because of what he saw in Abraham, what he heard from Abraham. And that's important to you and I. We should always be showing people who Jesus is and telling people who Jesus is because you're not going to get another chance after this life. The loved one that you care about, that you're not telling about Jesus, we all have that person in our life. May we all have strength and ask the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us and give us the courage to go and tell someone about Jesus, even if it risks that relationship. And you know what? If it risks that relationship and they don't want to be our friend because we tell them about Jesus... And I'm going to tell you right here and now, that relationship wasn't deep or founded on a good principle anyway, so it wasn't a strong uh, friend um, if, if they're going to walk away from you because you try to share some incredible eternal truth with them. And where's my place? Um, oh, and he says, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master, master Abraham. So he's, he's asking for success. He's asking for, the, for God to guide him. And he's doing it for uh, someone else. Right? This is a very, I know he has an oath, and I know that there's a relationship between Abraham and the servant, but he's doing this and saying, bring success to my master Abraham. Notice he doesn't say, bring success to me. Let this shine brightly upon me. Let him promote me to whatever, right? This person was already powerful in, in Abraham's kind of um, arena, kingdom, if you will. Um, and he's still, he's still humbling himself and wanting to bring success to Abraham, verse 13, behold, here I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. So here come the women. 14, now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant, Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. So he's basically setting forth a test for God. And this is really interesting, right? I think we could do this more. I think I could do this more. I know that I could. Kind of ask God to really reveal himself in a situation, to show me something, to close a door that he's closing, to open a door that he's closing, to give me just understanding of a certain situa- situation with clarity and something that is just so kind of impractical or improbable that you know it's got to be from God. And he does that exact thing here. He's like, God, let this woman come up, give me a drink, and then offer to feed my camels. That's, that's incredible. If you do that, I'll know it's of you, God, and there'll be no other uh, mistaking it. So maybe we could do that more often. Um, I'd like to to try this and try this soon, that it's just, you know, there's, there's no other way. And, And if I don't see it, then, then it's just not meant to be for that moment. Uh, But if it is, make it just so apparent that only God could have done this. And, you know, I pray for this a lot with uh, sick people, especially those with cancer and stuff, which is if this person is healed, let let it be that, you know, no doctor or medicine or pharmaceutical company can take credit for it, but that it could be only from you that the doctors, the nurses, the friends, the family would say, how are you healed? And it gives them an opportunity to testify and just say, only by the miracle of Jesus, only at the hands of Jesus. We will pick up more here in verse 14 tomorrow. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit out and now indwelling those who believe, indwelling me, bringing us together as one collective bride, one collective church, Lord, that we get to be with you, Jesus, forever. And I pray that you would just bring us a divine appointment today, each of us, someone that we can show and tell about you, Jesus, and the truths that, that, that exist and surround you. We thank you for loving us, for forgiving us, and we just ask that you would guide us and lead us and strengthen us this very day. Amen.